This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse 95. 100%. And what is buzzing lately <laughs> is the Apple event that did happen last night, UAE time around 9 p.m. And a lot of people were disappointed, Omnia. A I lot was of people, one of them. <laughs> I was one of them as well. A lot of people did speak. speculate that their favorite product was going to get an update a new facelift but unfortunately Apple did not announce a new iPhone but they did announce a lot of great things now Apple does usually announce a buzzy new lineup of iPhones at its hotly anticipated September event yes, but not indeed. this year Absolutely. So we're definitely going to be telling you all about the latest products that they have launched. And some of them may just also be catering towards children. But coming up on Future Talk as well, we're talking all about facial recognition technology today. Um, because we have seen how much of a lifeline it has become in the age of COVID-19. A few decades ago... Facial recognition was just a part of uh, basically science fiction movies and, you know, a few firms were implementing yes. it. But nowadays, we've been witnessing it become a part of every single place we enter. So we're going to be speaking to Chief Technology Officer and Co-Founder of AlgoFace, Mr. Talib Al-Ashqar, who's going to be telling us all about facial recognition technology, how it works, but also how biased it could be. Mm. Yes, very interesting topics to talk about. Stay tuned right here. We're taking a short break. But when we come back, everything you need to know about the, uh, the Apple event. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. It's that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's the time where Future Talk talks about the Apple event that debuted yesterday, last night at around 9 p.m. Omni and I were watching it live. We were talking and we were very excited about what happened. And we're here to tell you everything you need to know about today's Apple event. Now, a lot of people were disappointed. A lot of people did speculate that more than a couple of things were coming in line with Apple's new business plan. But unfortunately, Apple did not release or announce their new iPhone 12. But instead, we got a goodie bag of other products. <laughs> and we're going to tell you everything that happened and all the products that were released and everything you need to know about them. Yes, indeed. So even though iPhones were missing in this event, but there is a host of new products that we are super excited to share with you all. From smartwatches to iPads and even subscription services. Apple definitely did not disappoint when it comes to the rest of its lineup because the first product that they actually unveiled is the newest Apple Watch Series 6. Mm. Now, it's an interesting watch. I have my own mm. thoughts about it, but I'll save that till later. But to give you a little bit of a quick roundup on what this watch will offer everyone, it's going to be running the latest operating system, Watch OS 7. It's going to come with customization tools, so you can actually have a lot of more added benefits when it comes to health and fitness. I think the highlight of the, the updates is definitely their oxygen measuring uh, feature. Yes. So that basically means in 15 seconds, you can actually measure the level of oxygen in your blood throughout your watch and now with the apple watch series 6 coming out yeah apple watch has released 
its cheaper version. Yes. The SE. Now, I wonder what SE stands for. Simpler edition, simple edition. What does it stand for? Because when we look at Apple's lineup and every time Apple releases a product that is somewhat cheaper to their premium, mm. they name it SC. We've seen the iPhone SC, iPhone SC 2, and now we're seeing the Apple Watch SC. I think I believe it means special edition. Special edition? Yeah. And it's it, special. <laughs> it is special because it it's cheaper. Yeah, it is cheaper. <laughs> so it's actually uh, catered towards those who don't want to spend as much on an Apple Watch, but still want to get yes. the majority of the features that they have to offer. Again, I do believe that Apple is trying to make uh, its, its products available to all consumers not just that mm. premium line. Now, the Series 6 will also increase enhancements to Apple's heart monitoring technology and will now even feature a sleep app that tracks your sleep quality. Now, I've been tracking my sleep with my Apple Watch through a third-party app, an app from the App Store, mm -hmm. but now Apple is finally implementing that, and there's also a COVID-19 appropriate hand-washing detector that does encourage you to wash your hands for a full 20 seconds and we're also seeing a new watch interface that makes it easier to track uh, your elevation in real time to better monitor your blood oxygen levels now all of this is great mm. all of this is great but what we need as us in the uae we need that ecg monitor to come out apple tim cook it's time it, it is, is time, time. it's We've definitely seen, time bahrain saudi arabia a lot of other arab countries are getting it it's taking a while for us to get it and trust me once the UAE gets that ECG feature, a lot of people are going to jump on Apple Watch. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people have definitely been more and more attracted to the Apple Watch because of this feature being available in different countries. But mm -hmm. speaking of interfaces on the Apple Watch, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but uh, Apple Watch is also catering to people's different careers. So mm. they're going to be offering a variety of, face wa of watch faces where, let's say, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, you'll have all of your appointments mm. visible on the home screen of your Apple Watch. If you're into photography, you'll find reminders of when is the golden hour, what is the optimal time to take certain pictures. Mm. What, visible what if on you're on the radio? Face. Well, I <laughs> guess it. I guess future talk will get a reminder on the Apple well, the, Watch. The face. time for the show. Yes. <laughs> Imagine 2 that. 2 p.m. Mark 2 your minute. Mark your hour. But let's get to the price point. Now, price mm. point is very important when it comes to buying new products and buying new gadgets. Now, the Series 6 watch will go for retail at $399, so round it up to $400 times 3.66. We're talking about around 1,300 dirhams. Yeah. Now, this is where we talk about the cheaper version, the Apple Watch SC, which will be selling for $279 and does feature the discontinued Series 5 chip, which is twice as fast as Apple's Series 3 model, which is now marked at $199. So $279, 280 times 3.66. We're looking at like a maybe, I think, a 300, 400 that I'm lower price than the Series 6. Yeah, so the SE would actually retail at about 1,149 dirhams. So a lot cheaper a lot than cheaper, yes. uh, the Apple Watch Series 6. But we've seen a lot of people actually speculate that they're going to be discontinuing the Apple Watch Series 3. Mm -hmm. but I mean, it's time. They're not. Oh. So they're keeping it and they're adding to it the Apple Watch SE, which is explainable because mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, if even if it attracts a few customers, it is still revenue coming to yes. Apple. But one of the best features about Apple Watch that it's gaining with the new Series 6 is its ability to fully charge in 90 minutes. That's so amazing. It has an improved battery life. Even though I personally never struggled with the battery i feel like the apple watch does charge pretty fast mm -hmm. but whenever you're comparing it to other wearables 
it might get second on the list. And now Apple has actually, Omnia, has several premium subscription services mm. under its belt. Now, it was only a matter of time before they'd bundle them all together mm-hmm. and find a way to sell them to us. Now, again, today, Apple did, I mean, yesterday, Apple did unveil Apple One, which is a three-tiered monthly subscription service that bundles Apple Music, Apple Arcade, Apple TV as well, and even bumps up your iCloud storage for an individual price of starting $15 a month, or if you're going for that family plan, $20 a month. Now, it is cheaper, Omni. I'll tell you why. Mm. Because I have a subscription for my Apple iCloud service, the mm-hmm. iCloud, and I have a subscription for my music as well. Mm. Even though I've been kind of contemplating on going to Spotify, mm. I do have Apple Music. And for those who look for a more premium experience, Apple does has a premium tier, which is $30 a month and features other premium services such as Apple News Plus and the new Apple Fitness Plus yeah. and it does provide yoga and cycling classes although Apple One has not been launched yet mm-hmm. it will be launched in this fall now speaking of Apple Fitness this is one that definitely caught my eye because for all those who actually use the Apple Watch for its fitness purposes many of you may notice that they don't necessarily have all types of workouts embedded within their uh, activity application so with Apple Fitness the subscription service will provide you with workout videos that will definitely track your calories and track your heart rate at a much more precise rate than your typical workouts Mm -hmm. that you would find in the activity app but speaking of having a family subscription service on Apple One or is it Apple Uh, One? It's called Apple One. Yeah. Yeah Apple One. Did you know that they're actually launching a feature where you can get your children Apple Watches Mm. without necessarily having them become associated with their own phones. Mm. So let's say a parent out there does not want to buy their children a new phone, but they still want to keep track of them, make sure that they know where they are at all times, allow them to make phone calls to them only. With this comes the ability to actually pair your children's Apple Watches to your phone Mm. as a parent. Omnia. I think that's amazing. It is amazing because some 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 uh, some parents like to have keep track of their children. But you don't want to give them a phone where you they don't can text give them a phone. and scroll social media and. And it's good to make them uh, have value of time. Yes. A value of time. When I was a kid, I never wore a watch. I just started wearing a watch about three four years ago, <laughs> but Omnia, I'm gonna tell you a weird dream I had. What? Did you you can you speculate what that dream is? It has to do with an Apple product. With an Apple product. Um I I had a dream Your iPhone? No. I had a dream, Omnia, that I bought the new iPad. Ooh. Yes. Okay. The new iPad. Now when I watched the the, the event, I was very intrigued with the new iPad, the iPad eighth generation mm-hmm. with an iPad air now it is the base level ipad that finally got a refresh and they did unveil the eighth generation ipad which features an all-day battery now it's the first time apple says they have an all-day battery a better camera and an upgraded a12 bionic chip and an apple pencil support now apple pencil is very important to artists people who like to draw and like to use the apple pencil when they do their photoshop as well absolutely but even those who are in school have definitely been very grateful for the ipad simply because it can actually recognize your handwriting yes. and even if you you're not a fan of typing you can just handwrite your notes and it will transcribe it into actual text in a word document and omnia it goes for a retail price at 330 dollars now i think it is cheaper i don't mark don't guarantee it but i think it's cheaper than the previous versions now we're, we're, it's we're, faster than it's faster, a laptop. It's faster. So whenever they compared it to uh, Windows computers and other types of computers, it was actually a lot faster than your typical desktop. And it's a lot more handheld, yes. easier yes. to carry. But the new iPad Air redesign, Omnia, mm. 
they went all out with the iPad Air. You would think the iPad Air is a little bit uh, less of less powerful, mm. but it's coming with a USB-C compatibility, a A14 silicon chip powering inside 40% faster than last year's model mm. and a two times jump in graphics. But it is a little bit pricey as the new iPad Air will retail for about $600 and it will have availability sometime next month. So we're looking at early October. I want you guys to take this in at 4215. Let us know, would you buy the iPad Air, the new watch, or are you going to save your money and wait for the release of the new iPhone 12, which has, hasn't been released yet? Yes, but for all those who were a little bit disappointed at Apple's online event, don't be too disappointed because I believe, as well as different industry analyst experts, they have been speculating that we may just be getting another Apple online launch event at the end of this month to unveil the iPhone 12. Let us know your thoughts about Apple's launch events and all the different products that we just discussed. But coming up on Future Talk, we're talking all about facial recognition and we have an expert's thoughts on it as well. Mm. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Facial recognition has become our new ID in the age of coronavirus. In the UAE and all around the world, we have seen this technology being used to monitor people's temperature, to monitor whether or not people are actually sticking to the quarantine orders that they have, and to also recognize people who are wearing their masks and those who are not. And since facial recognition technology has had such a phenomenal impact on the way we have handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining us today is the co-founder of AlgoFace and a researcher who actually specializes in 3D dynamics, facial scan analysis for face recognition and emotion detection. Talib Al-Ashqar, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be with you today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Talib. Now, let's kick off this conversation by asking you a question on how does facial recognition technology work and how does it map out the human face? Actually, within a few decades, face recognition has gone from being a stable, like of highly special security systems, of intelligence agencies, of sci-fi mm-hmm. movies, exist all around us, even in the time of everyone has nowadays. Mm-hmm. But there are four main reasons why like now face recognition works everywhere. The very first ones are uh, you look to us of camera sensors where they are available in every phone, laptop, smart TV, in our homes, besides surveillance camera at mm-hmm. interest of every building, store, cinema theater, uh, to name it. Yeah. Now, now some people are kind of scared from facial recognition. Some people uh, kind of have privacy concerns about it. Yes, it does provide a lot of safety. But what do you think about when it comes to privacy concerns? Uh, actually, like privacy is very important because the technology is moving very fast, and the regulation and legal infrastructure. Yeah technology even in the most advanced country in this world mm. are still lagging 10 years behind mm-hmm. so uh, mm. yeah so how can we kind of do you think that facial recognition uh, needs to have a little bit more privacy because we know that apple has millions and millions of faces stored on their database do you think that one day this information could probably be leaked and be used against us could facial recognition be used against us 
Uh, actually, like, there's no need to be leaked now, like, social media revolution, like, everywhere. Billions of people are just uploading yes. their photos in Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, willingly, mm. and all of their data, not only their face information, their face information, their names, where they live, their work, mm. their lifestyle. And there's a huge company collecting all of yeah. these data for them and mm. structure and use them to track those people. Yes, indeed. So coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking all about how some facial recognition technology, such as those that are actually found on our iPhones, they sometimes fail to detect our faces. Why is that? This is all going to be coming up in just a few moments. So keep Pulse 95 locked. We'll be right back. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Al Saleh and Hany Balkis. Yes, you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse95. Facial recognition used to be a form of technology that we only saw in science fiction movies. Decades ago, we didn't even think it's going to become a part of our day-to-day life. But ever since COVID-19 has started and has become a part of our lives, we have seen it exist all around us, even in the palm of our own hands, through our phones that are also based on facial recognition technology. And joining us today is Talib Al-Ashqar, the co-founder of AlgoFace, and a researcher who specializes in 3D dynamics, facial scan analysis for face recognition and emotion detection. Welcome to the show once again, Talib. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be with you today. It's a pleasure to have you, Talib. Now, let's talk about how does facial recognition technology work and how could it map out the human face? Now, that is something that gets me excited to think about. I always want to know how. So since you're the expert, do tell us. Yes. Actually, when we think about human face, we can think about like something round or over shape, two eyes at the top, nose in the middle, and mouth. That's it. But if we go a little bit deeper, we can know that our faces are different in many, many ways. Like the color, shape, direction of our eyes, the distance between them, the skin, uh, the skin tone. Uh, the nose shape, lip size, lip shape, uh, if your face is round, the existence mm. of facial hair and the skin condition. And there are many, many other like nuances that make our faces as our another fingerprint. So that can it, be, it, it is unique from one person to another person. This if you want to talk about only texture information, if you want to talk about the geometry now, the availability of 3D scanner or depth sensors that can scan the geometry and the shape of your face in 3D regardless of the, of the color information. So combining the color information with the 3D information where, for example, in modern phones you have 3D camera and RGB camera. Mm. So combine all of this information to together can extract very unique feature print for everybody's face. Absolutely. And speaking of using our phones and their facial recognition technology, a lot of us have been noticing more often, especially ever since everyone started wearing their face masks, is that our phones can sometimes fail to detect our faces. Apple has been working on updates to help fix that. But what is the reason uh, behind facial recognition technology not being able to pick up on our face features when it's covered with a mask even though our eyes are sometimes visible uh, or they are visible throughout the mask which 
is one of the things that facial recognition does map out. Yeah, actually because when, like, Windows algorithm has been developed and built, they are using the whole face to extract this, thing, this feature print that uh, identify everybody from others. Now, after you are wearing masks, you are hiding 40 up to 50, 50% of the area of your face so you lost the nose area, the lips area, the jaw area. You have no clue. And our these algorithm isn't trained on such models. So those algorithms now, they have less and less data to identify you. And the system itself hasn't been built to work on only the upper part of your face, such mm. as the eye and forehead and the hair. So that's why it's failing and that's why all technology company now mm. catching up, training their algorithm to detect if there's mask or not. If there's mask, they ignore the uh, lower part of your face and they focus on only the upper part of your face. So, so what is the most important feature, the key feature in the face? I'd like to believe it's the eyes and eyebrows. Yes, actually there's a lot of research and studies mm. and like they segment the face into different areas and study the, uh, the impact of every area of that face on the accuracy of face recognition algorithms. And you are totally right, the eye area are the most unique area that like give us more information about the idea of the people mm. rather than the lips, for example, or the jaw or the cheek or the forehead. Mm -hmm. Uh, and speaking of using facial recognition technology in our day-to-day -day life, uh, we've definitely seen thermal cameras basically become installed everywhere. Wherever you go, whether it's your office, the mall, the hospital, you're constantly being scanned to ensure that your temperature is within the normal range. So how do those thermal scanners uh, depend on facial recognition te uh, technology whenever they detect our temperatures? Yes, actually, like... Uh uh, after COVID-19, there was an urgent need to come up with uh, like touchless technology mm -hmm. that we can like detect the fever without exposing the medical professional or security people to the risk of getting the virus from potential patient who is carrying the virus. So thermal camera was an amazing solution. We can like detect the face and track it and like maybe know the ID of these people mm. and like get the temperature from the forehead area. So we need like use face recognition technology to know if there's face or not. Then we segment this face into areas like uh, forehead area, nose area, lips area, because you cannot get the temperature from everywhere. Mm. Like the most accurate area to, to get the temperature in the forehead, uh, not the, the tip of not the tip of your nose, for example, it might be colder than your normal body. Mm. So like face segmentation is very important. So you take this information and you pass it to thermal camera that is aligned with this RGB camera and this thermal camera job, it will give you the temperature of every pixel in this image. Wow. So they, they, are, they, are, they are doing some averaging of the forehead area temperature, doing some calibration and like get a very pretty accurate temperature and assign it to your face and have a log file for mm. for example the employee of the building the student mm. of the schools and they can track that over time yeah and speaking of the log files that you mentioned uh, a lot of the times we tend to witness something with these thermal cameras so you it would measure or pick up your temperature and 
at times it won't be the accurate temperature mm-hmm. of your body so the like the employee behind the thermal camera would ask you to remove mm-hmm. your face mask oh my, my sometimes it's your hair as well yeah it's your hair yeah. your face mask glasses i think those are kind of the number one things that keep the heat stay the heat yeah exactly because you know the thermal camera is blind it will give you the temperature of the pixel mm-hmm. so oh. here where ai solution will come for example in our company we are developing solution can segment the face can segment the hair tell you is this hair or not is this skin or not if there's eyewear if there's mask and where are they so mm. you can get the temperature only from the skin area actually like there's a lot of different solution for this thermal camera but they are different how deep they are going are they going just to take face and average them if they are asking, like assuming you will be very collaborative with the system and remove your eyewear and mask and st- stay still for like 10 seconds in front of the camera, mm. or we are working with some company in California that do all of that on the floor. And they fix the camera, people just entering, doing nothing, and the system can do everything. The dictator knows if you are wearing mask or eyewear, segment you and get the right temperature and assign it to your log file. It's crazy how much we've started to depend on facial recognition technology. And and, and it's amazing how we're seeing AI being implemented with facial recognition as well. Absolutely. Coming up on Future Talk, we're going to be talking all about how such a form of technology is also helping us adapt to the new normal. It's currently being used in retail, in different aspects of trying out products, and we are very excited to see how it is coming to play in the age of Mm COVID-19. If you have any questions for Mr. Talib Al-Ashqar, make sure you send them in at 4215-DOR-ITISALAT or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Facial recognition technology. This is the discussion of today and it has become our new ID in the age of coronavirus. In the UAE and all around the world, we've seen facial recognition become implemented in thermal cameras. We've seen it become implemented in the way we make sure that people who are supposed to be in quarantine are actually quarantining. But we've also been using it uh, to make sure that people are wearing their face masks properly or if even they're wearing them at all. Joining us today to tell us a little bit more about the way facial recognition works and the role it has had in helping us return back to our new normal is Talib Al-Ashqar, the co-founder of AlgoFace and a researcher who specializes in 3D dynamics, facial scans for face recognition and emotion detection. Thank you so much, uh, Talib, for joining us today. And uh, to go back to our discussion, we were talking all about uh, the role of uh, facial recognition in helping us return back to our new normal. One thing that comes to mind is retail, you know, uh, whether it's buying clothes or even buying makeup for those who are involved in it. How has touchless technology helped us create a new normal uh, in retail in the age of COVID-19? Yes, actually, certainly like COVID-19, like hit the physical retail uh, stores badly and give huge boost to e-commerce. But like, fortunately, uh, there's a lot of technology that can redeem the technological gap between e-commerce and physical store if they has been deployed in proper way to make the experience of the shopper much more interesting. For example, in AlgoFace, we are working on provide on providing smart retailer solution such as you can install 
smart mirror, big screen in mm -hmm. any retail store. So you can approach that screen, it will detect your face, it might recognize your face and show your purchase history or recommendation. Mm. And also it can unlock the ability for the shopper to try virtually any product, uh, especially something that you wear without touching the physical product itself. For example, we have a solution to try any cosmetic product in using augmented reality and face recognition technique so you can see yourself how it will look like after wearing this product without doing any physical touch to it mm -hmm. uh, also that can be applied for hair recoloring uh, like uh, trying jewelry accessories mm -hmm. even for clothes mm -hmm. so like we also like besides this virtual and immersive experience we can capture a lot of demographic information about the shower. We can uh, even like capture their emotion and reaction to certain product. Yeah. And so basically, the, collect yeah. all forms of information about the product itself. Now, now, yes. now the question is: Post COVID nineteen, how are we? Are we still going to use the same technology? Do you think is going to be widespread use even after COVID nineteen? Yes, I believe there's some uh, events like some COVID-19, there's a lot of things and concepts are staying with us for a very long time yes. and mm -hmm. it will be normal. I believe <laughs> smart retailers, smart solutions, uh, like some precaution actions like temperature measuring or availability of buying masks, masks, face masks will be everywhere, including such technology. It's crazy to see that uh, we've been witnessing a lot of technological advancements become accelerated during COVID-19. They've long existed, but we may have not been able to implement them uh, as often as we'd like. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Talib Al-Ashqar, co-founder of Algovates, for joining us today and educating us a little bit about the role of facial recognition technology when it comes to how we've been implementing it during COVID-19, but also how they will still become a part of our lives after COVID-19. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Pleasure is all ours now. Uh, as the clock is close to three, you know where it's the only place to be. It's the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Omar. Now, what can we expect at three o'clock? Yes. So, obviously, on the halftime show, we're more than just sports. We're about health. We're about fitness. And we're also about uh, describing what the current trending topics are. Mm. And those trending topics are uh, mental fitness, emotional fitness, and also how people are surviving pre, post, and during the pandemic. Oh, so you're, you're having a collective you're picture all the curves, of COVID-19. Yes. Yeah, I think it's, we're under the illusion that we're getting a lot healthier and fitter because of this. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to try and discuss that on the show. And uh, Is there I, another opinion about that? Yes, <laughs> there is. There yes, sure is. I, have an, I, have a, I have an opinion as well. I believe a lot of us have grown a lot mentally. Very nice. Because of the pandemic. Very nice. And I'm bringing a guest, Grant Goes. He'll be on the show. He's a man of... Uh, Super, super knowledge when it comes to the fitness background. He's won Dubai uh, championships as well. He's won UAE championships and he's won CrossFit championships. So I'm going to bring him on the show. We're going to talk fitness, health and mindset. Well, if you don't want to tune in to anything today, make sure you tune in to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Future Talk is coming to an end, but we will be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. Only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.